Hello, I'm Pastor Isaac Hammond from Neely, UMC at 1755 Thomas Deplin, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70802. And we're so happy and blessed to be in your presence today. And we hope that we can say something that can encourage you and bless you along your way. Uh, we thank you for joining us in this broadcast, this podcast, as we look at the Word of God. And today we just want to look at holy living. The book of Leviticus, the third book of the Bible, the third book of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Jewish Bible and the Christian Bible. As we look at Leviticus, we oftentimes skip over that book because it's a book pamphlet for how the priests should operate during the time of Moses. This was their handbook. This taught them how to do the offering, how to do the sacrifices, what days to keep, um, sacred days, also the in chapter 16, the Day of Atonement, how to conduct themselves and how to cleanse themselves in ritual worship. And then it, in the end of the book, it tells us how to stay holy, how to stay away from some things, how to stay cleansed. In that time, it was physical cleansing. Now it's spiritual cleansing in this dispensation that we live in after Jesus Christ has died on the cross in the New Testament. So the Bible tells us in the book of Leviticus of how to uh, grow closer to God, how to uh, worship him, how to uh, become one with him, how to cleanse yourself, and what does it take and what is required of you from God to be in right standing. And all through the book, you see what God tells us about holiness. Uh, when we, uh, when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, he sinned and he lost his uh, relationship with God. He lost that holiness covering uh, where he shined bright and he began to be like mortal man because he lost the glory of God. And so God is trying to get mankind to be one day back into that Garden of Eden type setting in the book of Revelation in a place called heaven where we can be in his presence in the glory of God. We lost that relationship. We no longer could go into God's presence because God would come in the cool of the day, the Bible says, and fellowship with Adam. But now because of sin, we were disconnected from our Father in heaven. And in Leviticus 11, chapter the 44th verse, God begins to tell us, okay, I created heaven and the earth in the book of Genesis, and I, I brought forth a people, a family of Abraham that I could separate from the world, and I called them into myself. In Exodus, he tells us how those people got caught up in slavery because of sin and rejection of him, and he saved them from Pharaoh and from the enemy in Egypt and brought them to a promised land for to grow closer to him. Now in the book of Leviticus, he's going to tell them while they're walking around in the wilderness how to come closer and to be holy and to be in right standing with me by cleansing yourself, by worshiping me, 
and by doing the right offering and observing the days that I tell you are holy. Now in today's time, taking communion and baptism are the two rituals that Jesus left for us to remember that makes us holy because it's in remembrance of him. So he's asking us to still take communion and to be baptized. It's an outward sign of an inward grace. But it's good to look at Leviticus to realize what Jesus Christ has done for us because the first five chapters of the book of Leviticus tells us about five offerings and all the offerings represent Jesus Christ. But first, God wanted us to be holy. Get back into relationship with him. In Leviticus 11 and 44, it says, For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. And ye shall not make yourselves unclean with any of the swarming things that swarm on the earth. So God is trying to make the people and um, come to him in their own, on their own accord and to be holy because he is a holy God. And the only way you can get close to God, you have to practice holiness and consecrate, consecrate yourself from the world. Uh, lead the things of the world and the evilness and the fleshly desires and grow closer to him because he is a spirit and we have to serve him in spirit and in truth. In Leviticus 11.44, the word of God says, For I am the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God. Thus ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Oh, over uh, close to 90 times, God says holy, living in the book of Leviticus. 85% of this book, God is speaking to man. This is a letter from your father in glory. No other book in the Bible has this much information from God speaking. 85% of it, he's trying to teach us. And it's just like everything else. When father, when the father begins to speak, um, the child gets agitated. He doesn't want to listen. He puts his mind on something else. He says, oh, how long is daddy going to talk? Um, the book of Genesis was, was good. We learned about the creation and uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Exodus is exciting because they're splitting the Red Sea. Now daddy wants to talk to you and we get restless. But he wants us to live Holy. In Leviticus 19 and 2, it says, Speak to all the congregation on the sons of Israel and say to them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Leviticus 20 and 26 says that famous chapters, that famous verse, Thus you are to be holy to me, for I am the Lord, am holy, and I have set your apart from the people to be mine. So God is saying, I've set you apart. I chose you for you to be mine. And if you're going to be mine, you have to practice holiness and live so I can use you. In 1 Peter 1 
and 16, the Bible says, because it is written, ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Even the New Testament brings us back to the book of Leviticus, where God says, be holy, for I am holy. And how do you be holy? You have to observe the book of Leviticus. Those first five chapters tells us about an offering. The first chapter tells us about a burnt offering. The second chapter tells us about a grain offering. Then the third chapter tells us about a peace offering. The fourth chapter tells us about the sin offering. And the fifth chapter tells us about the guilt offering. These were the five offerings that the children of Israel had to do. Now, the first three were voluntary, the burnt offering, the grain offering, and the peace offering. But the last two were mandatory if you were a child of God in order to be close to him and to be in his congregation. And that's the sin offering and the guilt offering. Now, Jesus Christ um, takes the place of all of these offerings for us because uh, John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. If we did not have the book of Leviticus and understand what the Old Testament sacrifice system was of an innocent animal being killed on behalf of the people for their sins, we would not have known what John the Baptist was saying when he looked up and saw Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. For we knew when Jesus came, the Son of God, he would be our sacrifice, our lamb, not only our sacrifice, but our great high priest forever. He fills all those roles. So when you look at the Old Testament and look at the first chapter of Leviticus, you see where the burnt offering was when someone had uh, wanted to get close to God and it was time to pay an offering and give a sacrifice. They will get a lamb without blemish, without any broken bones, without any um, sickness. And they would touch the head of the animal and then they would have to take the knife and cut the animal's throat to remind them that they were taking a life for their guiltiness. See, we have to remember when we come to God, we don't have to be perfect, but the sacrifice does. God wants your sacrifice to be pure and true and from the heart. Oh, we all have issues and we all are unclean. But when they brought the animal, they were filthy, but the animal was clean and innocent. They had to take the life of the animal themselves. And we all played a part in the death of Jesus because it was our sins that he had to go to the cross to pay for. And we all have sinned, like the Bible says, and fall short of the glory of God. The second thing they had to do, they had to take the skin off the animal. And the priest assisted and did this with them. And the Bible says in the first chapter, they had to cut the skin up and cut it into pieces then take the whole animal and place on the burning altar. And it went up as a sweet aroma, even the kidneys and all the fat of it and all the animal. That's the same thing we did to Jesus. We put him on a whipping post and 
hit him with a whip 39 times, and on the end of that whip were a bunch of razor blades. And every time he went across his back, we peeled more skin off. Every time he carried that beam outside the city gates to Calvary, it was opening up that flesh even more. When they nailed his hands, it was just like nailing an animal to the roasting on a beam over a fire, nailing his feet. But he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And then they pierced him in the side. And the Bible says, blood and water came gushing out, meaning that that spear must have penetrated his heart. For we all have a sack of water around our heart to protect it. But Jesus water was to wash us and sanctify us. And then his blood was what? To redeem us. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Then the peace offering and the grain offering, where they would take bread and put it in the ground and it would rise again. Jesus did the same thing. They put him in the ground. Three days later, he rose what again. So he is our grain offering. He's our peace offering because he brings us back in relationship with God. And those sacrifices, you can have a male or female sacrifice lamb or pigeon. But the burnt offering had to be male, male in nature. Then the sin offering in chapter 4, for we all have sinned and we all need forgiveness from God. So someone had to die, something had to die. Then the guilt offering, forgiveness. We need forgiveness from God. So all five of these offerings are found in Jesus Christ. For the first thing that Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do from the cross. If you want to know how to worship God and grow close to him and to follow him, read the book of Leviticus. It's a letter from Almighty God, the handbook on worship. I'm going to say a prayer today and I'm going to offer Christ to somebody who may be listening. If you believe and you want to go closer to God, say this prayer along with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me. Wash me with hyssop and create in me a clean heart. I believe that Jesus is your son. I repent of my sins, the ones I did knowing and unknowing. I believe that you gave the Lord's Supper, then the next day died on the cross of Calvary. I believe you went to a borrowed tomb, but early that Sunday morning, got up with all power in your hand. I believe. Father, let me be part of the Holy Kingdom, the Holy Family of God, where I can live forever. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. 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 We love you and Neely. We're praying for you. We want you to have the very best life. Get closer to God. Get in his word. And remember, keep a smile on your face. For that smile may be blessing somebody along the way. Be blessed.